We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 137. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is the beautiful fall weather edition. Uh, boy, I can't say enough about Emphasis this. Emphasis on the beautiful. My gosh. You've been out the pool? Uh, I have actually. Not today, but the last couple of days I have. <laughs> it's been, I mean, we've been having highs in the, around 70. That's crazy. Although yesterday we had that really kind of i don't know what mother nature was doing it's like okay i'm going to remind you there's a little bit of summer and then we're going to go back so one day of what 84 85 is that what we got we was, got warmer than that i thought so because it was hot it's when i came warm. out it's hot out there when i checked in with springfield uh they were at 87 and we were at 88.5 it one for the breeze it'd been miserable and that was a at springfield airport so Oh gosh. I think we actually made it up to 89 degrees yesterday. So almost 90. And but that was just yeah. like one day cuz cuz before that we were what 72 and then all the way well, to 90. It's cold in the mornings. We've been having nice mornings. Now what's This I- is the this is where it's hard to dress your kids for school because it's 40 when you put them on the bus, but when they get home it's 80, so Uh well, yeah, good point. <laughs> what's this going to do to the uh, to the trees? I mean, are we going to are we still in the we're not going to have any have well, you seen them along 65? Yeah, kind of. They're just dead. They're, they're orange brown and brown and dead. already. Yeah, I'm not expecting too much in the way of color. Yeah, we just got a quick inch the other day. I mean, that it just I came. I know. What is this? We'll talk more about that a little later because yeah. they're pretty dry. But, but um, the uh, temperature is dipping down pretty low right now. And... Yeah, you're, the trees don't like the variance of temperature. Oh, you mean cold. 90 one day and 35 the next day? Confuses our, them, apparently. This morning, our yeah. weather station got down to 40.8 degrees. Oh, wow. Nice. So, that's uh, from yesterday's high of 89.4. <laughs> that's almost 50 degrees. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's wow. crazy. Eight, 40 it makes to 90. for great laying out weather, though, because you can lay there and you don't boil. like. But you burn. Well, if you know, if you're trying to tan. But the breeze keeps you nice and cool. So See, and that was great today because I decided to go play. I mean, it's been breezy, and we're going to talk about the breeze in a minute. But, yeah, I was playing disc golf a little bit. And, I mean, it, down at Sunset Park, which is kind of shelter i mean it's, it's still a little breezy but it's not like if we were out on a big main course and so we were able to play a little bit but i didn't break a sweat it was beautiful and I, have we got in like 70 today i haven't even checked the temperature no it's, it's we got out there. 71.2 right now oh see but it was too windy for us to do for a me, porch no. cast yeah. honestly <laughs> honestly this is warmer 
than I was expecting today to be throughout the week when I saw that cold front coming through and it was going to bring up bring down the temperatures so this is like an added nice fall day bonus in the every 70s. day i think this is my last day to lay out and i go out there i make time because i know this is my last day to do it and then the next day it's warm again yeah today's high was 73.2 yeah and we're right now we're down to 70.9 so yeah and it's uh three about 325 right now we're recording this in the afternoon because mm-hmm. i have a show tonight it's but- breezy for sure but that breeze is also bringing in uh, tomorrow morning, Friday morning. There's talking about it could be the coldest morning uh, that we've had so far this season. They're calling for 30s in northern Missouri. Yeah, I saw Salem 36. Oh, in Salem? Yeah. Wow. Now, That's that was earlier today. Yeah, in Rollis, like 38. But we're not looking at frost because there's too much wind. You've got to have a calm wind and that temperature just to sink down to create a lot of frost. So I'm not not looking at that at all. But the good news is this. Shara's going to have a lot more chance to go continue her fall tanning. Uh, we've got a weak little disturbance. I mean, I've, I've been kind of ignoring it because it's like, yeah, but the models keep wanting to push uh, just some scattered showers Saturday afternoon and evening and then out of here. But then we're going to kind of warm back up to be above average again. And average yeah. this time did of year is like see, 70s. Did, did you see the graphic that was issued that has us the next, what was it, 6 to 12 days or 8 to 14? 8 to 14, above yeah. Average. It's crazy. And then dry. going to be dry. And dry. We're going to that drought. We're going to get to the drought in a little bit. But, but yeah, we need some substantial rain. We really, really, really do. And, but it, that's good for Sherrick so she can go to the pool. And continue. I, mean, I don't her get tent. in the water. No, <laughs> it's way too cold to get in the water. <laughs> well, I thought Kids they would do. shut that down. It's not shut they down. They probably will. I bet they will in October. I bet they will like come in the next couple days. Oh. Uh, they might leave it open through the weekend just because it's been nice. But I don't see them leaving it open. I see them closing it down. No, and and I looked at the GFS. Okay, <clears throat> again, it's just eye candy at this point. But if what it is saying comes about in two weeks uh, around the 14th there could be another major cold front coming through um Hmm. it doesn't look like a lot of cold air as the center of the of the of the high is farther north but it's bringing a really substantial cold front through so but again this is october october is transition month this is what's going to happen we're going to get these waves of you know blast like this and it's going to kind of warm up again and then blast the wave again so eight to 14 days that would make sense uh i'm just going to keep an eye on that gfs and just you know it could back off easily exactly and it does i mean it's pretty and uh getting into uh you you know last week we we spent most of the podcast i think the content of the podcast talking about the tropics (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We, I mean, there's really not anything going on. They calm down again. And I, I'm trying to figure out why. Have you heard why this lull is going on? Why the lull is going yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, it's like... Why they, we're dry? No, in the tropics? I hadn't yeah. heard any reason. I, there may be some dust, but not a lot. Not like we had earlier in the spring. Uh, I really don't know. We have a couple you know out there that could potentially but we just stopped it well it was i mean we were full 
oh, I know. Like six storms just raging all at once, and then all of a sudden, bam. And then for like uh, three days, three days, there was nothing going on. Nothing. And, uh, National Hurricane Center is like, what? What the world? And then I was watching the, the Weather Channel and the, the National Hurricane Center and some other hurricane specialty places around uh, were saying, okay, around the 1st through the 5th of October, it's going to ramp back up again. And, you know, we, we kind of got that going. So here, let me, let me play the, the theme and let's get to the tropics. Tropical, tropical, tropical. It's tropical. So it's officially the tropical update. And yeah, like you were saying, Corey, it is uh, that uh, you even, I'm glad you texted me because I thought that was going to be a nothing burger, but it looks like in five days, it's probably going to become something around Yucatan. Yeah, right around there. Uh, what was it, a 60 or 70% chance in the next five days, something like that? Uh, yeah. And something to watch. It's yeah. definitely a, uh, I mean, the ocean is definitely prime. This is prime time. You know, we just passed the peak hurricane in September. So they're going to continue through November. And, and that could, you know, become gamma. Yeah. Oh, is that the next one? So beta yeah. and gamma is the next one. And I look, right. I, I thought there were, I wondered how many Greek alphabet letters there were. And I they showed a big thing. There's, there's a bunch of letters. Iota, mm-hmm. gamma, gamma. Kappa, Delta, I mean... Iota is one of them. Iota. Orida. I never tots. knew Oida, though. Oh, uh, Orida. Iota, though. Like, I don't give it one Iota. Like, how many's an Iota? I don't know. You remember that old saying? I never knew it was an actual number. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a made-up word, us Oklahoma. I like Orida. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a that's a good one, Corey. I wonder, uh, is, is it uh, Storming Potatoes? Is that it, Orida? <laughs> no, never mind. I don't. I don't think that would be a good thing. No, <laughs> hash browns maybe. But hash brown. Like there you bake. go. Those, those, those big baking potatoes are pretty good size. Oh yeah. Well, those. You know the Orida tater tots. I made tater tot yeah, casserole the other day. I love tater tot casserole. Wait, what are we talking about? Oh, we're back to the tropics. Oh, okay. Anyway, back to the tropics. Um, and there's another little thing around the Lesser Antilles, but that's going to be a nothing burger. And uh, yeah, if you look in the Pacific, whoa, what about Hurricane Marie? Wow, that thing is cranking out in the Pacific. And it's expected to get stronger. Yeah, a major hurricane uh, developing tonight. That's a Cat 3 or higher, and then raging all the way through Saturday and then then decreasing as it heads to the northwest. The good thing is it's not going to hit any land. It's not going to go over, you know, Hawaii. I thought it was probably going to go to Hawaii, but no. I mean, it's kind of scarce. Yeah. And and that's all I see. I have the answer. Okay, what's that? An iota is the ninth letter of the Greek alphabet, but it represents the number... 10 oddly enough but in ours it's a jot a very small insignificant quantity hence why we say i don't give one iota okay okay wow okay i gotta give you one of these okay there you go i learned stuff i love it is power knowledge is power you you, and and you know what what better knowledge person than than sheriff She's looking around like, me? What? <laughs> and, of course, in the Central Pacific, we haven't got a thing out there. Uh, 
So I don't. I I think maybe next week um, we can probably if we can work it out. I, I'm going to have Wednesday nights off again, so maybe we can do the podcast on Wednesday night again. Although that's going to kind of mess up the the drought report because didn't the drought come out today? Yeah, it did. Then have you looked at it? I mean, do you, do you have? Yeah, I have. So what's it? What do you think? I think that we're in a drought now here in Branson, Taney oh, County. No way. Yeah, we're in a... I haven't even looked. Let me bring it up here. We are in a... Where'd it go? It's pretty dry. That that uh, The drought really expanded to a lot of southwest Missouri. Uh, the abnormally dry extends all the way across the the CWA of Springfield now. Oh, my. Uh, and then the D... Uh, zero it is. Uh-huh. The abnormally dry. Well, no, that's what I was talking about. It goes all the way across. The D1, the moderate drought, is the entire southwest corner, including Branton and Springfield now. And the uh, D2 severe drought encompasses parts of Green, Lawrence, Barry, Stone, and almost Taney County. So it's the, the D2 severe drought is getting closer to us. It's right on the edge of Springfield. So uh, that's probably why all those trees, we went to Springfield a couple of days ago and saw a lot of brown trees, and that's that's probably what we're seeing there. Oh, yeah, know? and I went to see my mother, and she lives fairly close to Greenlawn Cemetery, and that would be the, you know, incredible, we would go down and look at the trees in Greenlawn. It's beautiful up there in the mm-hmm. fall, and I think I saw three trees that were just kind of like, eh. I, it's not, still kind of early. I did see some red trees. We did see some, a, a couple or three. There were a couple red, which would be the maple that had more sugar in them. But mm, I was going to say the more the others the, were were dry. The, the, the sugary trees are starting to turn turn first. You had some cool fun facts on that last week. That I did, and I have more this week. Yay! It, 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 this is just going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse before it gets better. You mean drought. the drought, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's what I'm afraid of, especially if that forecast, uh, the 8 to 10 day forecast, pans out. I mean, there is, except for Saturday, and that's a 30% chance in the afternoon, and then through, through midnight Saturday evening is only a 40%. I mean, we're talking sprinkles or just a brief shower at best out of this thing, and then it's going to be dry for two weeks. Right. I mean, yeah, that drought is going to come about... Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to have to start or keep taking my antihistamines. I mean, uh, Sherry, you said you you had to take a pill, and yeah. I had to take a pill. It was bad today. So, okay, so let's get to the pollen report. <laughs> it is the pollen report uh, provided to us by pollen.com. I look at that uh, and for the specifically for the Branson area, and I have, you know, I have doubts how correct this is. It is saying today through Monday are medium low, not lots of pollen out there. I beg to differ. I've had itchy throat. I've had cough. Now, does your pollen report include mold? It does not include mold. Now, that's been awful high. So maybe it's I've the heard. mold because I am allergic to mold. Ah, uh, so that's so, okay. I don't know why it's so high. Usually it's high after you know rain. It's been wet. It hadn't really been all that wet, but the molds are high right now for some reason. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on here. I'm gonna. I, I mean, I don't think I can get. 
I, th- I can get the Green County mold report. I mean, in Springfield. I don't know if yeah. there's a Branson mold report. There's not. Okay. So I might add that to the pollen report because it's the pollen and spores. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll change it to that pollen and spores report uh, next week. But it says the main uh, pollens, ragweed and chinopods. Those chinopods, man. Get you every time. I know. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to... I have no idea. The chinopods. I'm not... Is that botany? Is that? Is that what you call it? Sure. The, well, I mean, you know, the study of the, the plants and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Biology is study of... Chinopod does not sound like a plant. It sounds like a bug. It and does. Because you think of the other... Yeah. Oh, like my a gosh. a hard-shelled bug with, you know, tons of legs and... Okay, I got I got to tell you this. I went out last night. Now we had had a night show. At intermission, it was dark, of course, and we were all standing out there at intermission, enjoying the breeze. And I look at my car, and crawling up one of my tires was this gargantuan white thing, just kind of crawling. And we're all looking at it, going, "What is that?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but I'm getting out of here." It was like it's a big around is my whole palm. And you it should would, have taken a video and posted it for right? us to see. I, now we'll never know. I, I, I don't know, but it scared me. <laughs> it scared me a lot. <laughs> Maybe it was an albino tarantula. I, I it, crawling upside down. I mean, it was on my tire, so it was kind of crawling up this way. It really slow, but its leg was like you, you could see its leg trying to. And we That's were all when just, I start the car and start rolling the tires. I over thought it. about that. I thought about that really. <laughs> so it doesn't have a chance to crawl up in the engine and get in the car. <laughs> Probably had babies up in there somewhere. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah, but yeah, thanks, Corey. <laughs> but after the show, of course, I'm out to my car and I'm looking all around. It's like, okay, I don't want to touch this Make thing. Sure that thing is gone. I know, I know. Before I even got in the car, I unlocked the car and it's like, okay, there's not around the handle. It's not around. It can't get in the car and get me so i figured if i got in the car and i could just speed away you know either it would get obliterated by the engine or fall off or something but it scared me and the other thing it is getting cooler and animals are i've been noticing a lot of animals that i don't normally see and they i don't think they're well like a raccoon i've been seeing a lot of raccoons huh and I haven't seen anything. Oh, didn't I tell you about my disc golf last week? No. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I was at Iserman Park uh, playing. Don Gardner, you know, is around the sewage plant. Of course, let's put a disc golf course right next to a sewage plant. Um, One of the holes is up on a hill. We call them holes. It's a basket. But the tee tee box is at the top of the hill, and you throw downhill. Well, I, I saw, like... And this was like 11 o'clock, 11.30 in the daytime. And I, th- I saw, oh, okay, there's a cat right over the hill. You know, you kind of see its hump back. So I threw the disc, and it didn't quite go as far as I wanted to, so I started walking towards the disc. And as soon as I, you know, crested the hill, I looked, and the raccoon was looking at me like this, and I went, that's not a cat. And I thought, that's not right, because I thought raccoons are nocturnal, aren't they? They're not they supposed to be in the, in the daytime. You can see them, but they're more active at night. They do do their sleeping during the day. Well, it, it went up the tree, and it's like, okay, so I wanted to get a picture of it, and and my buddy Ray was with me, and he's like, you know, why don't we just leave the wildlife alone? And <laughs> we kept playing. But, you know, that was kind of weird. But then 
everyone should know, if you listen to the podcast, I work for the Hughes Brothers, and the lodge of the Ozarks is right next door. Well, we went out the other night at intermission, and we smelled a skunk. And then we looked next to the lodge, and there was a skunk crawling next. And it was like, oh, gosh, what do we do? Do we, do we call the lodge? Do we, you know, because... Wildlife is out. There's a there's a wooded area there though around that. I mean, like there's a little wooded area in the middle of Branson, like in the middle of town. That yeah, yeah, next to Tanger, everything yeah. come out of. Yeah. Now, when I go home, sometimes like on Gretna, I mean, I'll have a deer, you know, jump jump over in front of me. But that's usually November when it gets cold. But it's getting cold now. Where were we the other night? Oh, Walmart. We were leaving Walmart, and like six deer. We're just standing in the middle of the road. No way. It's that time of year. The rut, the rut is on, and that's when they really start moving. So you're going to start seeing a lot of dead deer on the side of the road, so people oh. really need to be careful. And, and possums and armadillos. and Yeah, I mean, and it's getting darker much quicker now. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, well, we're before 7 p.m. sunsets already. Yeah. And, that- and, and, and it's minutes Every day, several uh, minutes, yeah, shaved off of that. So, and then sunrise. When does the sun rise now? Is it like seven fifteen or something? Well, I always go to the go-to source for sunrises and sunsets. Oh, Stormdarweather.com. Oh, I've heard of that site. I hear it's really cool. Yeah, and the sunrise tomorrow is at seven o eight a.m. Okay. The sunset tonight is at six fifty-five p.m. Oh wow! So we don't even have a full, full twelve yeah. hours. Well, no, that's not after that equilux. The equal exactly. That. <laughs> that was the word of the week last week, I think. Yep, equilux. Yeah, we're going into winter, and I'm really curious. You know, I've been talking to some people. You know, because we're having this little cool down. I mean, we're actually following. The normal highs and lows. It seems like it's ab- abnormally cooler than normal, but the past several years we have been abnormally warmer than normal. So I'm very yeah. curious to see what their new uh, average highs and lows are going to be. Um, but yeah, if we if we kind of warm back up to around 80, we're well, you know, eight degrees above the average. Sure. We're going down. Uh, and then, you know, we'll have to see that powerful cold front. So, Shara, get out there, get to that pool. Well, I can't today. I'm doing this. Well, I know. And it's windy. <laughs> it's, It'll... Well, it's shaded, uh, I think around 4.15, 4.30. pool's shaded. So. Oh, really? Oh. There's so a to... building there, so it's blocked by a building. So you have to go out like 11 o'clock. That's what you need to do. So like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon is the peak sun time at the pool. Awesome. And she always checks our weather station for I the do. UV index every I day. Every day. Stormdarweather.com. And look at the UV to see. Yes, and you sure can see that. I have it programmed on my watch. I mean, I'm nice. I like to have pictures, so I took That's a picture so of my wife suntanning. She didn't know it, and made it my watch face. Oh, and there you go. That that's my suntanning watch face. It automatically tells me the UV index every time I look at my wrist. Wow. So that's she, what because she asks me all the time, "What's the UV index?" Well, let me look at my watch. Useless facts. Okay. <laughs> to, with Corey. 
Well, it's not completely useless, but... <laughs> On storm days, all I have to do is look at my wrist and see radar. So if anybody else needs a picture of me to put with their... No, I'm kidding. Yeah, there kidding. you go. Just email us at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And we will not send you a picture. <laughs> I can put them on the website if we you want. We will find a fake but... model online <laughs> and send it to you. I, Google has a lot of those. We'll, we'll do it. <laughs> okay, well, it's about time to get to the weather school. This week, it's all about all sorts of watches and warnings and advisories, which we're going to start getting into some of those if it keeps getting cooler and cooler. So uh, it'd be a nice review of that. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Storm Dar Weather School. Today's topic is all about watches, warnings, and advisories. What do they mean? How they could impact you? And what you can do to keep your family safe. The National Weather Service has issued tornado watch number 134. Effective until 9 the National Weather Service in Detroit. Pontiac has issued a flash flood warning for. National Weather Service in Chicago has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. The National Weather Service in Duluth has issued a blizzard warning. There's quite a wide variety of watches and warnings and advisories, and they're all issued by the National Weather Service offices in the United States. But let's focus on probably the most common watches out there, and especially in the springtime. They're the Severe Thunderstorm Watch and the Tornado Watch. These two particular watches are issued by a branch of the National Weather Service called the Storm Prediction Center and they're located in Norman, Oklahoma. This is their only job, to keep watch over atmospheric conditions in the lower 48. Whenever they see a cold front coming or something dynamic that's going to create hazardous weather conditions, such as severe thunderstorms or tornadoes, it's their job to map out where they think this is going to happen, the magnitude of the potential risk, and the time frame that this could occur. Let's focus on the severe thunderstorm watch right now. A severe thunderstorm is defined as either wind speeds in excess of 58 miles an hour or hail larger than one inch in diameter. A severe thunderstorm could contain both of these hazards, but sometimes you just get a gust front that's really, really strong, or sometimes it's just a hail event, and that depends on how the atmosphere structure is set up. One of the key ingredients in a severe thunderstorm is wind shear, and that is winds going different directions with height. So at the surface, you could have south winds go up about 3,000 feet, and the winds could turn. They could be from the southwest or the west, or even higher, they could turn even more. But if there's not a lot of wind shear upstairs, then the atmosphere doesn't have the ability to twist. Therefore, the tornado risk is rather low. So that's why they would only issue a severe thunderstorm watch for the potential for very large hail or damaging winds. Now, on the flip side of that, we have the tornado watch. The tornado watch encompasses exactly the same thing as a severe thunderstorm watch would, except for the fact that there is very strong wind shear upstairs and the atmosphere will have the capability of twisting. So they will outline an area of the greatest potential for tornadic supercells to develop. 
These severe thunderstorm and tornado watches issued by the Storm Prediction Center are usually popped between six and eight hours before the actual event takes place. An average watch box would cover about 25,000 square miles, and that's roughly about half the state of Iowa. The Storm Prediction Center does not issue severe thunderstorm or tornado warnings. Those are handled by the local National Weather Service offices. The severe thunderstorm and tornado watches are to alert the local offices and emergency managers of the potential for hazardous weather developing later that day. So when the watch goes into effect, the National Weather Service starts monitoring atmospheric conditions locally and watches radar. We get a lot of information from radar and storm spotters who are out watching the weather and they can report back to the National Weather Service with hail reports, flooding, or high winds. They even report sightings of funnel clouds and that would prompt the National Weather Service locally to pop a tornado warning for that area or just a severe thunderstorm warning if there's no rotation detected. The severe thunderstorm and tornado watches and warnings are just two of many, many types of weather hazards the National Weather Service will issue watches, warnings, and advisories on. Another big one is the flash flood watch and the flash flood warning. More people are killed by flash flooding than lightning or tornadoes. So let's explore some other watches, warnings, and advisories. In the winter, we have the freeze watch and the freeze warning. The freeze watch in the fall indicates temperatures are expected to get well below freezing for several hours, and that will in turn end the growing season. In the fall, freeze warnings are usually issued only once. But in the spring, freeze warnings are issued after the growing season has started back up again, so people can take precautions to protect plants that could be affected by the sub-freezing temperatures. The precursor to a freeze watch and a freeze warning is a frost advisory. That's when temperatures are only expected to get around 32 degrees, maybe 30 degrees, and the hardy vegetation will be able to withstand those cold temperatures, but the sensitive plants won't be able to. Also in the winter season, there's the winter storm watch and the winter storm warning. These are issued when heavy snow is expected to develop and make travel very, very difficult. And the most intense watch or warning issued by the National Weather Service in the wintertime is the ice storm warning. Ice storms cause devastation, power outages, and travel is almost impossible. So if you happen to get under an ice storm warning, you really need to take precautions to prepare for the potential of several days without power or water. Other types of watches and warnings and advisories include fire. The red flag warning is very common, usually when low humidities and very high winds cause grasses to dry out and any fire can quickly get out of control. In the summertime, heat is a big killer. So the National Weather Service will issue heat advisories or excessive heat warnings. So the bottom line, it really doesn't matter what time of year it is or where you live in the United States. At some point, you're probably going to be under some kind of watch, warning, or advisory. And they should not be taken lightly. 
you should always have an emergency preparedness kit handy. Your kit should include water, one gallon of water per person per day for at least three days. Food, keep at least three-day supply of non-perishable food. A battery-powered radio, a flashlight with extra batteries, a first aid kit, a manual can opener for food, and make sure your cell phones are charged before the event starts. One thing a lot of people don't remember to get is medications for you and your family. The watches that are issued by the National Weather Service and the Storm Prediction Center give you a heads up that dangerous weather could occur later in the day. And if a warning is issued, then dangerous weather is occurring in your area and you need to take the necessary precautions to protect your life and your family. We hope we've been able to shed some light on the types of watches and warnings and what they mean, so you can be better prepared in case you happen to be under one. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you go with probably what's going to be a freeze warning by November. You think we'll have a freeze warning by November? No. You don't. Oh, come on. It's 2020. A freeze warning? We could have the, snow. I know. <laughs> well, it depends. Kind it, of a blizzard. It depends on what comes from that system on the 15th, you know, right yeah. mid-October. Uh, I think it's just going to knock us down, and then we're going to go right back up again. I remember right. Halloween last year was cold, like in the 30s. We really dropped down. and Well, it was nice all day. I remember like when I put the costumes on the kids, it was nice, and then suddenly we were freezing like yeah. i wore like Cold a t-shirt through on halloween and we were freezing i was like ah let's go home oh no way yeah it's crazy now i we could be that way now i mean well i don't Good. know it's just crazy i need to start doing more of the uh well i mean i'm looking at the uh, climate prediction center yeah and uh, it just says above average above average for temperature and then below average for precipitation that's and what is what's the date range on that that's october that? november december oh you're working at three months okay uh, yeah i just uh, uh i mean it doesn't mean we won't have cold bouts come through but exactly average, it's going to be above normal or yeah so they say okay now i'm looking okay the they have, like it uh, issued on September 30th, a revised official 30-day forecast. And this is for October. Now, they have Branson and Springfield and St. Louis in equal chances. Interesting. Yeah, this is issued September 30th. So that was yesterday. So I'm not sure where the National Weather Service is getting that one direct graphic that says it's going to be way warmer than normal. Oh, wait, that's the 8 to 14. Yeah. That, okay, yeah. it's not the whole month. So so the, the Climate Prediction Center is saying for the entire month. And, of course, uh, precipitation well below normal for that. So we, we're just, we're just going to be dry again. I have no idea. So let's get to the next segment, which is in other news. So you got anything important over there? that You, you go first. Okay, well... I found this thing. Uh, it, it's a, from CNN Weather. Uh, California's Creek Fire. Uh, let me see when this was issued. This was uh, September 24th. Uh, California's Creek Fire says is not 
only the largest single wildfire in the state known for huge and destructive blazes. It spawned two rare fire nados a day after the fire started. Uh, one fire nado, <laughs> which is basically short for fire tornado, um, was rated an EF2. An EF2 fire nado with winds up to 125 miles per hour. And uh, the other one had winds of like 100 miles per hour and was rated an EF1. So we're getting into some, <laughs> you know, I've heard That's of some the, more 2020 stuff. Yeah. You know, you think it's bad to see a tornado coming at you, but you got a fire nado coming at you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're moving. I, I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think they would move because... They kind of stay within the fire. Yeah, the, the whole idea of the fire nato is there's so much heat is going upward. I mean, I, I they could move, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't see... I mean, isn't the, the fact that it has a rating based on how much damage it does? Um, well, wind speed. The wind speed. Yeah, oh, okay. which they could... I mean, you know, all you got to do is like get an anemometer, a wind thing, and walk into the fire nato. And oh, okay. and hold I'll do it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that—that's how they can get. It. <laughs> no, I'm. At, I'll do no. that next time. I see one. I'll just walk into the fire nato. And... Now the picture I saw wasn't exactly. It wasn't really fire in yeah. the actual nato. So like it was more like or... the hot air rising from the fire and the smoke creating the nato. The nato. So yeah. More of a smoke nato than a fire nato. You know, pretty much. Wow. Do we have pictures of that? I'm going to have to look that up. I, there, there was some video. Uh, It'd be scary to see. I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. James Spann posted some video of it somewhere. Oh, I like On yeah. Twitter, I believe. At, at Twitter. He's also on Facebook. Uh, the, there's tons of stuff, but make sure. Yeah, I, this article, and I don't see any graphics on this article. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's they're talking about pyrocumulus. A pyrocumulus. There's, there's a word for you, Shara. Pyrocumulus. Um, okay, I'm she's, listening. She, <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Say, like, yeah. it's a cumulus, which is a is a big pile or heap of cloud. Well, no, it's just a big pile or heap of cloud. And pyro, of course, means fire. So the fire is making this big. It's a fire cloud. Yeah. So I guess if it's a cloud created by fire. Yeah. Interesting. Pyronado. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, any, anything goes in 2020. Nothing even surprises now, me. Now, I know. And, and, and the article <laughs> I read said. Expect more fire natos in the future. Hmm, that doesn't could be a climate me. change thing. It could be. It, it, it we're could warming be. up, and if, if, as long as it stays dry, I mean, we're still. I didn't check, Corey. I guess we're still in a La Nina, which that means that jet stream oh, yeah. is going to be farther to the north, and it's going to leave that northwestern area dry. Uh, which they do not need. They just need a big soaking rain, not a torrential rain, because right. we all should know if you have a bunch of fire in burnt area and you get torrential rain, you're going to have mudslides. We don't want that disaster. We just need some rain to put oh, out there the you fire. you have ash slides. Yeah. I mean, the ground those is are, Those vulnerable. are a mess. I don't care all the dead trees that burn. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, I think I'll just stay in the middle of... In the middle of the country here, where we just get the normal EF5 tornadoes. You know those. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you want to see that article, it's, it, this particular article is CNN. Uh, but you can just Google, you know, Fire NATO EF2 California Fire, and just there's tons of stuff there. You got anything over there? Well, speaking of California, mm -hmm. have you heard uh, in the past 48 hours or so, 
there have been hundreds of earthquakes. And this is all set since September 30th, actually. That's yesterday. That's yesterday, yeah. Yeah. So since yesterday, there have been hundreds and hundreds of earthquakes. And at least seven of them, I mean, they're small earthquakes, but they're all in one area. And they're all, uh, well, seven of them are at a at or above a 4, 4.0 in magnitude. Ooh, that's pretty strong. So they're kind of figuring they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on over there. Now, they're, where is this? It's in near uh it looks to be west of San Diego about 2 or 300 miles. San Diego, okay. West of, uh, west of it's San Diego. A, it's in central south, south central California, oh, almost okay. almost not too far from Mexico. How weird! Just a bunch of earthquakes going on. Hundreds of them since yesterday. Oh. The largest so far has been a four point nine. Well, that's nothing to sneeze at. No. <coughs> and they're they're saying expect uh, more, and there's a low chance of a large earthquake happening. Of course, they say. I mean that could happen anytime, you know, out there, but it's something to watch. Well, and and also they uh, there's been, you know, talk of, you know, earthquake the fault line and then California just dividing completely from the United States and yeah. floating out there. I mean, I really don't think that's going to happen, or if it does, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. <laughs> it's not going to Well, do you that. look at Baja California, how it's separated from Mexico and that, True. that line could just continue up, you know. Well, and you know, if if the ice keeps melting and, and if the the earth or the oceans keep rising, that yeah, that could be. I don't know. There's, I mean, that's the the earthquakes that are in the town of Brawley, B R A W L E Y, Brawley, California. Interesting. And they call it a seismic swarm. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I got a. Uh, a few things here about the night sky in October, kind of what to look out for. Oh, and, cool. Okay. Uh, tonight, you're going to have a full moon. Now, the full moon, the actual full moon happens right around um, 4.06 our time, so it's not going to be dark yet. Oh, okay. But it's still going to be big once it, you know, gets up there where we can see it in the dark. Uh, also, tonight... Uh, Mars. You're gonna have to look for Mars because it's gonna be pretty close to the moon. Oh, you'll be able nice. to see Mars close to the moon, and you, I can I can always tell when I see Mars because it looks a little red, more red than the other stars and planets up there. So it's easy to distinguish. You need to make a a post because if people have good cameras, they might be able to get some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, now we go. Uh, forward a couple weeks to October 13th Mars is going to be at its brightest until the year 2035 oh wow October 13th so that's 15 years wow we got a meteor shower coming up on the 21st but it's only 25 meteors an hour yeah that's nothing so that's not a whole bunch not, not a whole lot to talk about the Orionids Orion oh okay I guess it comes from the constellation Orion. That would make sense. Not a big, not a big deal, but there, I, 
you don't have to have a full moon and you won't have a full moon or anything to worry about since we're having one now. But uh, October's gonna have two full moons, which the second one's what we call a blue moon, since it's blue moon. the second. Yeah. yeah, people think it's blue, but it's really not. It's like the strawberry uh, moon. It's like Halloween. it's really not strawberry. <laughs> no, no, and that's Halloween night. Oh, not fun. How about also the night that? we set our clocks back? Oh, on Halloween? Halloween night, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw something, somebody posted something yesterday that said, well, next week we set our clocks back, or we set our clocks forward. For, I saw for, the same one. Yeah, forward, and let's, let's forward it way past 2020 or something like that. Okay. So I was like, that's not right, but I get it. I think somebody originally posted that back in the spring when we were setting our clocks forward because that was when we were all quarantined and we're like hey let's set them forward four or five months that would make sense yeah yeah i had somebody (laughs) posted on mine today too and i had to be the the bad you know bearer of bad news i'm like i'm so sorry but actually we fall back back yes yeah we fall back and it's not next week (laughs) it's not next week no (laughs) also something to watch out for on halloween oh ghouls and goblins gonna have a full moon but Uranus is going to be the largest it will be all year. <gasps> no way. All year for 2020, Uranus is going to be the closest and largest. So. And brightest. Is it be the brightest? I don't know. Well, it if it's closest, closest and largest. And largest. This should be brightest. That's what I would think. You know, when I come home at night. Unless it's cloudy. Yeah, I mean, I get home from work about, oh, 10.30-ish or whatever. And, you know, and I live, you know, Storm Dairy headquarters. It's not a lot of light. There's some lights. People have their porch lights on or whatever. But I get out of the car, and I look to my east, and I look up about 45 degrees, maybe 45, 55 degrees, and there's this reddish dot, reddish-white dot. And I'm wondering what that is. And I have the Skyview app. I need to just power that Skyview app. Yeah. And just look at it, because I don't know, I don't have any clue what that is. And I, you mentioned Mars. It's there East. every night. Yeah, every night. Shouldn't that be a tower? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's way, it's way, it's in the sky. It's it's way up, like like sixty degrees. I look east and go up about sixty degrees. It's it's up there. I'm huh. gonna get the Skyview app or whatever. Oh, there's an alarm. Does that mean we got to go? Time to go get Jilly. Uh oh. Well, you got to do your your. That's uh, okay. I sent Garen. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it is time. Do you have anything else for the end of the news, Corey? Nope. Okay. Well, it, it is about time for Shara to wow us with her fun facts. So, are you ready for that? I don't action? know if I'm going to wow you, but... Oh, okay. Maybe we'll educate you. Yes. We need some educating. Okay. I found some more fall fun facts. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, Americans typically refer to this time of year as fall. While the British use the word autumn. Okay. Which I think people here There's nowadays kind of do autumn. both. I think they use autumn. Especially fall. in the Northeast. But in British is always autumn. Yeah. Well, it is called the autumnal equinox. That's, yeah. Historically, fall was called harvest because of the harvest moon that occurs close ah, to the autumn equinox. Okay. Um, the contrast effect makes women even more attractive in the fall. The what? The, the contrast, contrast effect. effect. Okay, so contrast. here's what it says. Okay. In a study published in 2008, researchers discovered that men found women more attractive during cooler months than warmer ones, likely due to the contrast effect. Does it have to do with pumpkin spice lattes? No. Um, 
This theory holds that since men see more of women's bodies during the summer and warmer months of the year, it takes less stimuli to catch their attention once the weather causes them to start layering up. I found that interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. You know, once they're not wearing their bikinis anymore in the summer in their short shorts, they look up and see their face. <laughs> hey, she's pretty. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, dear. I thought that one was fun. Yeah. Okay. Also, there's a distinct fall scent. You know, you've seen people posting they love fall. They love the smell of fall. I too have noticed like even just last week when we did our podcast outside like when you go lay out by the pool in the summer i don't know there's just a different smell and then when i go out now and you lay out in the fall there's a different scent in the air well that is an actual thing oh wow there's a distinct fall scent that you can only smell in certain months whether you describe it or not fall has you know whatever but they said the smell is partially due to the leaves when the leaves fall they die as they take their last breath, they exhale all sorts of gases. Oh. Um, and those are, they said it's a, it's a cross between chlorine or the exhaust of a dryer vent. <laughs> okay, now that's a weird comparison. Yeah. <laughs> chlorine and exhaust of a dryer vent? Well, it's like vent. a mixture. But so it's <laughs> like the smell is linked to okay. your trigeminal nerve. You know, every time you inhale... That stimulates your trigeminal nerve, which is responsible for the sensations in your face, including your nose. So when you breathe in, that nerve gets turned on, which is why your brain associates the cooler air with a scent. Uh, And then I see a woman walk by, or I see my wife walk by. Don't make me edit the podcast. You look good. (laughs) (laughs) It's a family-friendly podcast. You look better than you did just two months ago. Honey, you look better now clothed than than you did in your bikini laying by the pool. Thank you so much for putting clothes on. But, but you know, in, in that last fact you just said, I, I was thinking, okay, well, in the fall, that's when they do the fall harvest of the hay, and you have the hay bales and stuff. So that would, I kept, you know, when you when you think of fall and pumpkins, you have pumpkins and hay bales everywhere. It's like, well, maybe that's part of the, every, all the crops are being harvested at that point. Well, we maybe. actually harvest the hay in the summer. Oh. If you want to get technical. Sorry, I was born on a cattle farm. But, yeah, we, hot. Heydays, you go out in the hot, hot summer in July, and you bale all the hay. You bale all the hay. Then you got all the hay bales out, ready for fall because they've all been harvested during the summer. Maybe it's the pumpkins then. But supposedly it's the leaves dying and giving off their scent. Their their last breath breath of chlorine and dryer vent. Like okay, you know, since he should create a smell called fall scent. <laughs> I'm sure they do. The slash between chlorine and dryer vent. I, I can make my own chlorine got, and bounce. <laughs> I got a bunch of dryer lint and I can smoke it in some chlorine. I got some bounce in there of dryer dryer vent stuff. Set it in all the rooms. We, you know, we should call Cincy. Like we have got the next scent for you. And it's called fall. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay, last one. Oh, okay. okay Final okay. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> everybody knows Johnny Appleseed Day was last week sometime. Sorry, I have a kid knocking on the door if you can't Uh-oh. hear him. Okay. <laughs> my, three-year-old, my three-year-old is done being entertained in oh, the okay. other room. 
Okay. Okay, so Johnny Appleseed was a real guy. This is not really a fall fact. This is just one of those fun things because it was Johnny Appleseed Day, and all the schools celebrate Johnny Appleseed Day. Most people don't know that he was a real person, though. They think he was a mythical... It was a book character. Yeah, I've always Um, heard of Johnny Appleseed, yeah. He actually was a real guy. His name was John Chapman, and he was more of kind of a traveler... Peddler, well, he wasn't a peddler, but he went from town to town. He stayed out. I mean, he slept outdoors. He preferred to sleep outdoors, and he went from town to town, planting seeds, planting apple trees, oh, and then he would cool. he would build a fence, fence them in to keep livestock and stuff from eating them before they had time to fully grow. And that's how he got his name, Johnny Appleseed, because. But yeah, I thought that was cool. How cool! Yeah, I've always heard Johnny Appleseed. I just never knew there was a connection. It's like, well, I don't know what that is. Okay. I mean, he was just, it's kind of like he was just a regular guy that liked to plant trees, but became known as, like, a mythical character. <laughs> kind of like, well, no, I'm not going to say that, because Griffin's there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something around Christmas time is what I was going to say, so. <laughs> oh, well, he can't hear you, because we got earbuds in. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to ruin it for all the kids or whatever. Griffin has joined us for the oh, last few minutes it's, of the podcast. It's time to, time to climb on all over Mommy. The, yeah, because uh, uh, Corey and Cher are not outside. It's too windy to be outside, so they're in, indoors today. So, okay, well, it's, I think it's time to get to the last segment. It's the weather word of the week. It is the Stormdar weather weather word of the week. And I think Shara's got it over there, don't you? I do. Okay, so. I'm familiar with this word. Oh, good. So, okay, so wow us with this. What is the Stormdar weather weather word of the week? Striations. Yes. Of course, I was familiar with it in the medical world, not in the weather world, but oh, well, same thing. Another bonus. So t- tell, tell us the definition of weather and then tell us the definition in the medical world. Okay. Weather definition. Grooves or channels in clouds or formations arranged parallel to the flow of air and therefore depicting the airflow relative to the parent cloud. Nice. Yeah. So it's like street. I, know, I think they call them streets, don't they, Corey? They're like cloud streets or... That's kind of what they look like. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an actual actual phrase. So yeah, when you these little channels or grooves or streets. So what's it mean in the medical world? Along the same lines, it's the grooves and things in muscles. We call those striations. Oh. They're vertical, parallel. They're little. They run parallel to the the muscle along along the par- the muscle. Like they're just little grooves in the muscles. They're called striations. Or streets. <laughs> we'll call those streets, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we can do <laughs> Wow. Wow. We're just getting so many bonus, so many bonus things on the podcast here lately. And beautiful weather. <laughs> oh, you've got you're getting a room full of kids. The whole family's home now. Okay, well they maybe just got off the bus. Maybe, oh, okay. Well, maybe it's about time to wrap the podcast up. You guys, you guys got anything else before we hit the tail end of this? No, pretty boring right now, but it's nice. Get out and enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, Sherry's going to get some more, more pool time. And next week. Tomorrow it could snow. Who it, knows? It's 2020. <laughs> yeah, and we may have some more uh, tropics to talk about next week if it ramps up like they're, like they're talking. Okay, well, let's just wrap this thing up again. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. 
Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. What was that? I don't know. What happened to this table? Is that paint? I don't know. It's like paint. It is not. It's something. Well, we're podcasting, not talking about tables. Okay. Ready? Rolling.